When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to the South End Zone Podcast here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Jason Bailey. That's Eric Mulher. That's Tim Popovich. Boys, we're in double digits. It's week 10. Timmy, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right, man. Uh, it was a pretty good week of football last week, so uh, I'm excited to talk about it with you guys. Yeah, you still on house arrest over there with the COVID? Yeah, yeah just uh, locked up upstairs, you know, living <laughs> in the dungeon. <laughs> Yeah, that sucks. Uh, Eric, how you doing, man? Thankfully, I am not locked down, uh, I guess, at least for now. But yeah, uh, I'm good. Not uh, not the most thrilling slate of games this week, but the, I think the good stuff, we're getting closer and closer, is right around the corner. So no doubt. Let's talk about And for our listeners, we are going to have two shows this week. Uh, surprise, surprise. We're going to do a mid-season review, a halftime hits and misses, if you will, where you know we get a chance to... Uh, Look at our best takes of preseason and our worst takes of preseason and also throughout the year. And uh, it'll be a nice roast session, boys. You ready for that? Yeah, I presume we're going to be going over most of our misses because that's the majority of them. Yeah, it's it's pretty even, but but the misses will be much more fun. So, I mean, you know, one thing we will never be accused of on here is taking ourselves too seriously. And uh, th- this next uh, special episode will be no exception. So, boys, I'm going to kick this thing off with a little bit of breaking news that came out yesterday. Uh, Gary Patterson, after 21 years, is out at TCU. Now, Eric, I I want to kick this over to you because I've read some conflicting reports that he was fired, that he resigned, that they uh, it was a mutual, you know, settlement that he was agreed to step down. I mean, what like what's going on at TCU right now? I'm not 100% sure anyone knows. So the the initial, you know, within about the, probably the first couple hours, like you said, there's, you know, this, that, and the other thing. There's like four different scenarios out there as far as how that went down. Having read up on it a little bit, what I take away from it is he probably saw the the writing on the wall and was like, hey, I'll, I'll just, I'll retire. And they wanted him to finish out the year. And at that point he resigned, I think is what happened. I, I think he told them it's not going as well as any of us hoped. I'll retire at the end of the year, save you the trouble. Well, not at the end of the year. He, he was just going to quit. I, I don't know. It depends on who you ask. I, I don't know exactly what happened, but after the last couple of years, yeah, I, I think uh, it had just run his course. I mean, 21 years is a long time. He's he's the second longest tenured head coach in in NCAA football, or in, at least in FBS football, behind Kirk Ferentz. You know, the guy's not getting any younger. He probably... Even even if they were doing well, I don't know how much longer you would have stuck around. Well, the strange part is, you know, like you mentioned, for as long as he's been there, for him just to be up and out in the middle of the season is just like mind blowing to me. I mean, you figure somebody that's been a part of that program for twenty plus years deserves, you know, 
to stay to the end of the season, no matter what the circumstances are, unless it's something completely egregious that we're not aware of. But I don't get that part. Right. But, but it sounds like the idea that he wasn't going to finish the season was maybe his idea. Like I said, there's no, there's no like real clear story from one of the people involved on, you know, there's a lot of, well, sources say this and sources say that. And so it's unclear um, exactly how it went down, but it went down. Yeah. And like trying to put your finger on it, maybe it's because, you know, they look at the big 12 and it's down a little bit and they think this is a down big 12. Texas has been down you know, you should be doing better than you are type of thing. But I, I'm on board with Timmy here. I mean, I, I feel like after 21 years, you don't show him the door in the middle of the season. You just ride it out. But, I mean, to me, it's pretty glaring that they wanted to get an early jump on the coaching carousel, if you will. So Yeah, it, and it could be that. And there's, there's also some speculation that um, someone in the administration wanted him to change offensive coordinators. I think that's funny that they want them to change offensive coordinators because the offense has really not been the problem. It's been the defense. You know, they haven't been the stingy TCU defense that they, you know, are accustomed to being. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're they're in the vicinity of 30 points a game. They might be a touch over, but as far as scoring. Unfortunately for them, they're also in that same exact vicinity. Uh, and when I say exact, I mean exact. They have given up. 252 points and they have scored 252 points you kidding me so they're defensively they're right at 30 a game also agree and you know who knows what's going to happen it'll be interesting to see who they go after but um i do want to move forward here and talk about some of the games that happened this past weekend and week nine boys man i don't know about you guys i watched this entire game but <laughs> like i can't remember the last time i enjoyed watching a michigan football game but man michigan michigan state was just a barn burner of a game that was a fantastic game it was i watched every second of it i mean even like i told a friend of mine at halftime he said no chance michigan state gets back in this game i was like wait for it wait for it don't sleep on them they're coming back and that's exactly what happened and man i mean timmy Kenneth Walker, is, is there anybody that should be topping the Heisman list above this dude right now? Because he is absolutely unstoppable. Not in my opinion, man. That kid is electric, and I don't know that there's a defense in the country outside of Georgia that could even lay hands on that kid. You know, he's something special. But the game in particular, you hit the nail right on the head, man. It was an absolute barn burner. You know, Michigan kind of pissed that game away, in my opinion. Because they did everything they needed to do at the start of the game for a road team coming in in a hostile environment. You know, you get two big turnovers early, turn that into 10 points. They had big plays. They had big momentum. But then Kenneth Walker got going, and he just gashed them up and down the field. And your boy Gus Johnson, the announcer, was just going ape shit the entire game. It was fantastic to listen to. He's the perfect guy to have on a game like that, too, because he could make Jets, Jaguars, Week 15 sounds exciting. I think what cost Michigan the game ultimately was the fact that they settled for too many field goals. And if they just find a way to punch one of those opportunities in for a touchdown, they win that football game. Yeah, you know, last week um, when we were breaking down this game, you know, really quickly, I said that Michigan runs the ball a little more and Michigan State throws the ball a little more. It was about a 50-yard difference. And – you look at the box score of this game, Cade McNamara, 383 yards passing, two TDs and a pick, and then they ran for a buck 46, Michigan. And then you look on the other side, buck 96 passing, two picks for Peyton Thorne, and 
a buck 99 and five TDs on the ground for Michigan State. It was like they swapped roles. And I think Michigan State just made Michigan beat them throwing the ball. And I don't think Michigan can do that very much. It's like you said, they had to settle for field goals. They averaged 4.3 yards a carry, but a lot of those numbers are skewed because, you know, some guys ripped off some big runs here and there. But I don't know. It was just they made Michigan look like not Michigan to me. It was just crazy. Well, I said it in the group chat, and this game made me, you know, reinforce my feelings even more that I felt like both of these teams were fairly identical. They're like that Spider-Man meme where they're both pointing at each other. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh yeah, I know what you're talking about, and that's that's exactly. I mean, like I say, this game. I mean, you look at it. Michigan was up what thirty to fourteen at one point, thirty to fourteen, yeah. and everybody's like, "Ah, oh, well, Michigan, it's over. They're done." You know. They're just going to win and go on. And man, second half, like you said, Walker just turned it on. Five TDs, a buck 97 on the ground. Jesus Christ, that guy's so good. I mean, he starts for any team in the country, 100%. Including Wake Forest. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Total, total dick punch to Wake Forest fans. Certainly nobody in the ACC can tackle that guy. You know, we'll see. Michigan State, they got a couple of. Uh, you know, a couple of layups before they get uh, Ohio State here in a few weeks. So we'll see where they go from here. But, man, whew, I don't know. Michigan, we'll see what Harbaugh is made of now that they've tanked for a game. I don't know. That's a devastating, just heartbreaking loss on the road. We'll see how they bounce back. But moving forward a little bit, speaking of Ohio State, boys, I got to be honest, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit guilty here. I, I said Ohio State would truck Penn State. And Penn State was in the game the entire time. Had a couple of crucial turnovers that killed them. But, <laughs> I mean, going into the fourth quarter, it was a three-point game. I mean, Timmy, I mean, what's going on there like with Penn State? How were they able to stay in the game seemingly given that early in the week, James Franklin, you know, said to the press that he was focused on Illinois and going to the big house? <laughs> yeah, I can't explain James Franklin being in outer space the previous week, but <clears> – <throat> Penn State's a, a veteran football team, and I think they rallied around each other despite all the background noise going on. But, you know, this game specifically, normally, and what we've talked about in the past with Ohio State has been all about their offense and how dynamic and powerful they can be. But Penn State's got a really good defense, and I feel like they matched up really well with Ohio State. That's what kept them in the game for as much as, as they were. But Ohio State's defense really impressed me. Um, and their ability to get after uh, Sean Clifford. He was pretty much running for his life all night, and a lot of his mistakes in the form of interceptions and fumbles were a direct reflection of how well they were getting after the quarterback. But it really boiled down at the end of the day that Ohio State just has more you know, size, speed, and athleticism on offense, and they pulled away from him at the end there. Yeah, and you look at the box score of this game. I mean, Sean Clifford threw the ball 52 times for 361, but the glaring thing in this is that Penn State rushed 29 times for a total of 33 yards. <laughs> I mean, could not run the ball to save their lives. No run game whatsoever, and that to me, I mean, even though Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington both had really good games receiving-wise, if you're Penn State and you can't run the ball, you're in trouble. Like, Clifford can't put the team on his back. So that, for him to stay in the game as well as they did, I mean, I was impressed with Clifford there. But, you know, you can't can't give up a buck 52 to Travion Henderson and also have C.J. Stroud throw for 300 
and expect to win. It's just it's a tough sell on the road in the shoe. Now, but you mentioned Jahan Dotson, and uh, it's just unfortunate for that kid that he doesn't have a top tier quarterback um, throwing him the ball because if he did, I think he would be at the top of the Heisman list list because that kid would put up video game numbers. You know, it's just unfortunate for him. He still balls out, but I think he could do even more with a much better quarterback. Yeah, you're probably right. And we've seen that in the past, and Penn State's kind of a throwback team in that way. Um, Looking forward for Ohio State, they're still on pace to do what they always do. So they've got uh, some tough games ahead of them. Michigan, Michigan State, we'll see how they make out. But, uh, man, I mean, Penn State, I feel (laughs) two and three in the conference now. uh, It's not looking – not looking too good for them boys the rest of the year. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I do want to move ahead to the next game that we're going to cover here. And uh, Eric, I know you watched this entire game. Boys, you both called it. Uh, well, I take that back. Hunter was on last week and him and Timmy both called it. They said Florida had absolutely no shot to keep it close with Georgia. And Eric, once again, Georgia impresses defensively. Florida could not score. What happened? We couldn't do diddly poo offensively. I mean, you just said what happened. I, I, I'll tell you what, three minutes before halftime, it really, really looked like Florida was going to give them a game. And it, it looked a lot like their game against Alabama. They they had some success running the ball, moving the chain. They didn't finish any drives, but they weren't you know completely helpless offensively. And then they picked off a Stetson Bennett pass uh, near the goal line that ended up being uh, brought out and around somewhere like in between the one and two yard line with just under three minutes left in the half, three nothing game. And from there, Georgia's defense just took over and the wheels came completely off. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw any of it, but the the brief summary is uh, trying to run up the middle just to get themselves some breathing room. Georgia strips the ball away from the quarterback as the pile is moving at about the 10 or 12 yard line. And they run it in the very first play after that. In the span of about two minutes, Georgia ran two offensive plays and increase their lead from three nothing to 24 nothing right before the half and then i mean from there it's like what are you going to do you're going to come back 24 points on this defense that's what eric likes to call nightmare fuel it is it yeah florida didn't score until about three minutes left in the game they and i didn't know this until i was watching it they florida has not been shut out and i think they said 418 games um which is the uh, that is their current streak and it is a ncaa record um and that was close to coming to an end the other day. I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, boys. I don't, I don't give a shit who Georgia faces. They're going to win. Like, they're going to go undefeated, and they're going to win it all. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's like a reverse psychology curse, given some of our previous proclamations on teams going undefeated and winning it all. I'm hoping it. that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a couple teams out there I think that could, could give them a game. Obviously, Alabama. Um they're, they're on a collision course. Uh, if Ohio State gets into the playoff, they match up as well with Georgia as anyone else. I'm not not necessarily great, but they're they're probably the most equipped team offensively to try to move the ball and score some points. You know, we, we talk and talk and talk about Georgia's defense, and you know, th- it's their offense is a little bit underrated. Like even if you can get to three touchdowns on Georgia, you know, they can score five on you against a lot of teams. So. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be a handful, and I, you know, trying to find X, Y, and Z to to beat them. No one's done it, obviously, and I don't know if anyone's found X. You know, like we said a couple weeks ago, I they might just be that much better than everyone else this year. Yeah, so we'll see with Georgia. I think, you know, obviously, I don't think any of us think uh, 
they're going to lose between now and the SEC title game. So easy, I wouldn't say easy road ahead for them, but you know they're they're going to be in Atlanta either facing Alabama or, in my opinion, the next team that we're going to talk about just for a second. I don't know if you guys watched any of this, but I I watched about a half of Auburn and Ole Miss. I picked Ole Miss in the picks, but we'll get to that later. I'm as an Alabama fan. I'm going to go ahead and say I'm a little bit guilty of not talking about the Auburn Tigers enough on this show. Okay. Well, I, as a not Alabama fan, would agree that I have done the same th- to you know done the same thing. They've kind of gone under the radar a little bit after that that loss at Penn State. I don't know that they've necessarily gotten the credit they probably deserve. And and I th- I want to say Auburn is the only team who's held a lead over Georgia at any point this season. It's possible, but I, they're definitely, especially for me, I would like to admit that I haven't given them the respect that they more than likely deserve. And uh, Vegas and the rankings are doing the same thing. Ole Miss looked inept offensively for a lot of the game against them. Matt Corral was a little bit banged up coming in and out of the game, those kinds of things. But bottom line with Auburn, man, they're tough at home. They're tough to beat at home. And they had beaten Ole Miss five straight times and made it six. I mean, it just, I mean, Ole Miss, we know they can't stop anybody. Their defense is trash. But, you know, when you can't score and you're Ole Miss, that's a good recipe to get beat. So Auburn, like, I feel like Auburn Jesus is working overtime right now. And bold prediction, I, I wouldn't shock me to see them win out and have the SEC championship on the line against Bama. You, we've seen it before with Auburn. You know, they're, they're that team, and I feel like, like we've said, nobody's really talking about them. They're under the radar. So let Texas A&M fuck around and get beat by them this week, and they're going to start getting some recognition. But I feel like they're already, you know, got some positive momentum working in their direction. But like I said, we'll touch on them more in the picks. Last game <laughs> – Last game I want to touch on before we get to studs and duds, Baylor and Texas. I know personally like four people who were on the over in this game. And Eric, I know you were one of them. I was. Really, the frustrating part for me as an over better uh, was with four minutes left when Baylor got the ball back up seven. I was like, God damn it, they're going to go into clock killing mode. I, I need a touchdown to, to, to hit this one. Um, you know, the over I think was 61 and a half. Clock management I don't think was the biggest issue that texas faced the the biggest issue that texas faced is how they they are allergic to stopping anybody in the second half of games and we let them off the hook like that's that's the big issue they've got this is the third straight week they've blown a double digit lead from mid third quarter on it's stunk you know and that that's a that's a quick ticket to to 500 record which is what they're sporting. Yeah, that's some uh that's some you know sarkisian bringing the atlanta falcons with him <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they better get some fucking Benadryl before they jump into the SEC because that shit ain't gonna fly. Yeah, I mean they they should be. I mean they you know they could very easily be seven and one right now and probably in the top four of of the playoff rankings when they come out. Like because they would have had wins over. It, it's got to be frustrating for Texas fans watching them the last month. Yeah, I'm sure it's frustrating, but I think as a fan of, of that program, you have to accept reality in that the program is coming back up they're not quite there yet so they got to give them a little bit of time and hopefully those fans have some patience this conversation's going nowhere you know who you're talking about texas and reality it doesn't exist <laughs> if, if it, yeah if any fan base is known to be patient it's certainly the texas longhorns tim you know it's sark's first year generally first year coach you're like well you know they get a little bit of uh, a little bit of wiggle room 
And my, my apologies for speaking rationally. Excuse me, Texas yeah, fans. You, yeah, there's no rationality in Austin, Texas, my man. None. You must think I'm dumb. Yeah. It, most most places, uh, hey, new coach, he's two-thirds of the way through the season. He's going to be four and four. Most fan bases be like, okay, yeah, that kind of makes sense. New coach, right? New system, yada, yada, yada. Well, A, it, like we said, it's Texas. And B, they had no business losing those three games. You know, you, you're talking leads of 11, uh, 18. They were up 18 on Oklahoma in the second half at one point, And I just, they, they should be seven and one. And that's probably the part that really stings for them is not, not that they're four and four, but that they should be much better. Well, and on the other side of that, is Dave Aranda like the coach of the year? I mean, outside of the typical, outside of the typical Kirby smarts of the world, I mean, he took a team that was projected in Vegas to win like three games. <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah, no, we'll we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> Baylor and projections uh, in, uh, tomorrow night or the next episode. Um, no, it, Dave Aranda absolutely for me is in the discussion, just like Mel Tucker is. Um, you know, both of those guys have been really, really impressive with their kind of the turnaround that, that they've got going. Um, yeah, well, you can pretty much roll the dice on who's going to be LSU's head coach between. Tucker, Franklin, or Aranda. Yeah, uh, yeah, we know it's not going to be. It's not going to be Clay Helton. No, and it was never going to be him. Just to you know, to be clear, he took the prestigious position available at Georgia Southern. Is that what the news is? That is the news. Yeah, yeah they 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 hired him this afternoon. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday night, uh, Tuesday afternoon. Georgia Southern, who fired their coach about two weeks after USC fired Clay Helton. Is that a is that another kind of new thing here where you hire a coach in the middle of the year like i don't know that i've ever seen that that's very new i don't i'm surprised more teams haven't done it because i think if you if you fire a coach early in the season like why why would you wait and until what kind of year? self-deprecating view does clay helton have of himself that he just jumps at the first job that comes calling like he doesn't want to wait till the end of the year and see if any of these other programs that are going to fire their coaches give him a call he's like georgia southern sign me up let's go i think he I mean, I, this tells me that he's got a pretty realistic kind of self-assessment view of what his prospects actually are. Like, like, what do you, you, you want him to see where James Franklin goes and try to get the Penn State job? Do you think that's no, like realistic? Not necessarily a Penn State job, but I'm sure there's probably at least one or two other Power Five teams that are going to part ways with their coach at the end of the year. And I don't know, maybe at least get an interview and hold out hope that you might get another Power Five job. That's just me. <laughs> What are you saying that uh, when what are you saying maybe, that when he saw know. the TCU news break today he's like ah shit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah if I'm if I'm him I'm going ah, god damn it <laughs> Well I mean guys get guys get fired from power 5 school they usually come back as a power 5 coordinator or a group of 5 coach Typically right I don't know I can't name anyone off the top of my head who got fired from one power 5 school and immediately hired at another power 5 I'm sure it's happened but nothing like jumps out at me I don't know. I'm sure it's happened, but I do want to move on from the recaps. It was a um, interesting week for, you know, quite a, I would say, a light slate of elite games outside of Michigan, Michigan State. But uh, I want to get into studs and does now, boys. Uh, Timmy, I'm going to start with you. Give me your stud and your dud of the week. Uh, So my stud is Tyler Van Dyke, uh, quarterback at Miami. Uh, He was 32 of 42 for 426 yards and three touchdowns. This kid's been a lifesaver for Miami. He's only played in five games this year, and he's already racked up 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns. To put it in perspective, he's got more yards and touchdowns than DJU does, and he's played the whole year. That just speaks to what this kid's doing, and he's only a freshman. 
Um, so Derek King was already gone after the end of this year anyway. So I think Miami's real happy to see their heir apparent performing so well so early. Yeah, he's been really good. And he actually, I don't think he is or, or wasn't meant to be the heir apparent coming into the year because they have a, they have a kid from California who is all, a true freshman, I think was the backup, but was hurt at the same time Derek King was. But yeah, I've been really impressed with him because I've watched parts of like three Miami games since he started playing, the first one being the Virginia game. And he's been really good for them. He's, you know, Manny Diaz might not have a job if, if yeah, he hadn't exactly. played so well. Because there's, there's, he's the only thing, I think, in between them losing two of those games since that Virginia game. So moving on to my dud, uh, I'm going to go with Spencer Petrus. Um, he was 9 of 19 for 93 yards, which gives him the illustrious number of a 21.3 QBR, and his team got thumped by Wisconsin. Iowa was a smokescreen. They suck. We suck. Two losses in the conference already doesn't bode well for them appearing in a championship game, although it probably wouldn't matter because they'd get owned by whoever came out of the East. So chalk them up. Doesn't look too good. Eric, who's your stud and your dud of the week? Uh, my stud is Caleb Williams, quarterback from Oklahoma. He was 23 of 30, uh, 402 yards and six touchdowns in their 52 to 21 win over Texas Tech. I believe that was Texas Tech's first game under their interim coach. Uh, they moved on as well. But yeah, they look like a completely different team with uh, with him since he took over for Dr. Thunder. Uh, and then on my dud, we talked briefly about him or at least how the game went, but uh, Anthony Anthony Richardson, you know, I'll cut him a little bit of leeway because that is that is his first college start, and doing doing that against maybe the best defense in college football the last ten years, you know, that's tall order. But he's still, you know, twelve of twenty, eighty-two yards passing, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, one of the pick-six variety that we talked about, and then one fumble lost. So all three of those turnovers were within about a two and a half minute span, and and led directly to twenty-one. Georgia points and they got thumped uh, 34 to seven. So he's a talented kid and you know, he'll, he'll do some really good things for them, but boy, Saturday was not his well, day. I don't know very many people that have had a good day against Georgia this season. No, I'm, I, if I get bored this week, I might sit down and look through their box scores and try to figure out what like the best offensive performance against them has been this year and throw that up in the group chat just for a laugh to see like what the, what the best it's probably that's what i was gonna bet if i had to bet on it i would say auburn but i could be wrong there um all right so for studs and duds on my end of it um i would be you know i I would feel rude if i didn't mention the name kenneth walker like we already talked about buck 97 five tds (laughs) that's just stupid good but i do feel like i need to give somebody else some recognition here Will Rogers, Mississippi State, played at home against Kentucky, had the highest completion percentage in an SEC conference game ever. 36 for 39, 344, and one TD. Jeez. Three incompletions. I mean, what, like, I don't know what happened to Kentucky's defense, this vaunted Stoops defense, which he's never won in Mississippi State. I actually rode him in the picks against my better judgment, and, of course, he laid an egg. But I mean, thirty six for thirty nine. Right. Yeah, you're talking about the highest highest completion percentage game ever. And it, you know, it's not like it was a thirteen for fourteen. No. no. Right, or a nine, Threw the ball forty times at three you know, Jesus. And then on the dud, like I hate to do it to him because I know he was a little bit banged up, but Matt Corral just was not up to snuff this week. Twenty one for thirty seven, two eighty nine, a pick. 
did not look good against Auburn. Like I said, I, I want to kind of give him a pass because I know he was a little bit banged up. But And and also, Ole Miss has been missing some guys on offense. Their receivers, uh, I know Eric put that out in the group chat, that like three of their top four have been out for some time. So maybe that's a factor, why he trailed off, but he did not look very good in the game against Auburn on Saturday. But with that, uh, we're going to take a break here, and coming up on the other side, we'll have our picks review and get into our picks for Week 10 after that. Okay, NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you'll win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. That's the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win. With the promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, boys and girls, it's time to review the picks from week nine. So who was right? <laughs> I feel like we should just skip over this entire segment because, uh, oh, man, it was a bad week for a lot of people uh, involved. I, I, did, I did well enough. Yeah, I didn't, where I I didn't do too bad. It's not like the week before. Maybe you're speaking for yourself there. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. I'm I'm glad I wasn't on last week because that one was embarrassing. But this one I'm okay yeah, with. Yeah, I was uh, okay. Fine, we'll go over it. Damn it, I was mainly speaking for myself. <laughs> All right. So, oh god, I'll start with Hunter and those of us listening. Hunter, he's taking a break from the show for a while because he has two podcasts of his own that he has to run, and uh, we're gonna let him just take care of that and come back whenever he can. Ha- whenever he has time to pop in. So. To finish him out, probably for the season, he took Iowa plus three and a half. Iowa got destroyed uh, <laughs> on my preseason prediction of Wisconsin's looking better and better every week, boys. That was an L. It's, I would say it's looking less bad. So then he took Michigan minus four. We discussed that in depth. Uh, Michigan State came back, won that game. Um, I don't think anybody would fault him for taking Michigan. We kind of all liked him on the podcast um, last week. And he took Penn State plus 19. Good call. Ohio State, you know, let Penn State hang around there the whole game. We discussed that already. Then he took uh, Kentucky over Mississippi State. I was also on that, but on the point spread. So he took one point on the week, and that's probably going to finish him out, but we'll get to the totals here in a minute. Uh, I'm going to switch it over to Timmy. Timmy, you took Pitt minus nine. You you bet on Pitt. Well, I should have known better because – Pitt is usually good for this type of game where they're hyped up, you know, they're in the rankings, they're making some noise, and then they just come out and shit their pants. Yeah, they did that. You took Purdue plus seven and a half. I kind of mad at myself that I didn't take that on my own because, I mean, Purdue, we've talked about it, they're kind of a scrappy team. BYU and UVA 
uh, over 62 and a half. You had that wrapped up by probably midway through the second quarter. Not a slice of defense in that game. Probably, I think, 80 points plus at halftime. So nice cover there. And then you took North Carolina over Notre Dame. You bet against Notre Dame again because you constantly fade them and they just continue to stick it to you. I don't know when you're going to learn, dude. I'm not going to learn. They're going to choke another one off this year and I'll be on that game. You can guarantee it. We'll see. He'll take six L's to get that one win. That's, that's, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly what I was fixing to say. I was like, well, how many of those L's are worth you catching one point later in the year? All of them. All. <laughs> we shall see. All right. So you took two points on the week. I'm going to move it over to Eric. Texas and Baylor over 61 and a half. We talked about that. That's just a total dick punch. A couple of crucial turnovers there. So that one stings. It, it sucks given the rest of your results that that one turned out the way it did. But uh, UK, Mississippi State, over 46 and a half. That, you know, you covered there. Mississippi State, like I said, Will Rogers just sliced them up to the tune of a lot of points and a lot of yards. So nice cover on the over 46 and a half. Troy, Coastal Carolina, over 52. I don't get that. How the fuck is Coastal Carolina total anything less than 60 every week? playing a team like Troy. I don't understand that. Well, you should know that. Uh, well, I'm not sure either, but uh, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's why I pick it. it. Why um, not? I was like, man, over 52 for, for a team that's averaging 46 a game. See, you know, and, and Troy's not great, but they're, they're, they're decent. That one actually, it was only, it was like semi-comfortable win. Like I didn't go over by a, by a lot, but it, it went over early enough where I didn't have to really sweat it out. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that. You just keep riding that coastal Carolina train, man, every week. Wait for it. <laughs> He'd be riding them again this week. And then uh, to close it out, you took Boston College over Syracuse in the upset. Number one team in college football against yep. the spread. So think about that, boys. If you'd have bet $100 a week on Syracuse, you'd be sitting on like a grand. Yeah, well, don't get on them this week because the minute we touch them, they're going to go in the dumpster. I know. I thought about that. I was like, I, I mean, honestly, I swear to God, I thought about taking them just to see if they tank this week. <laughs> I was like, we'll see if I'm snake bit. Just to see. That's specifically why I picked that game. I was like, man, I, you know, it's got to come to an end now. Uh, and then we can just skip over me if you guys want. Um, <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, Ole Miss plus two and a half. I, uh, I got nothing. I bet on Auburn earlier in the season to cover against Penn State. They did not. And then I bet against them at home, and they covered. So... I feel like Auburn is punishing me, and I don't know why. Texas plus three and a half. They're a quarterback short of being a somewhat formidable team. You know, we, we've seen good quarterback from play from them in spurts, like the first half of the OU game where Casey Thompson just went off. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a case of one of the, you know, you, you hear the old saying, you know, if you have two quarterbacks, you really have none. And that's kind of them because – the other one was starting at the beginning of the year, you know, and played well for a couple of games and then didn't, and then they switched over. And I think they're probably really hoping one of those guys, because they're basically, they're basically the same now. It's like, well, you know, we'd replace them, but we know what this guy looks like out there and it's not any different. Oh yeah. hundred uh, percent. And then I took Stoops. I took Kentucky minus one and a half. I thought maybe Stoops would get off the snide and get a win at Mississippi state, but nope. Will Rogers, 36 for 39. Nice defense, Stoops. And then lastly, 
I said it on the podcast last week, boys. I said, don't, don't, don't we all like Michigan? And all three of us agreed. And then in the picks, I said, fuck Jim Harbaugh. Give me Michigan State over Michigan. And to much to my surprise, it actually happened. You play to win the game. Yeah, Jason, Jason over there in his living room with his Michigan State jersey on. We all know you're a closet fan over there. <laughs> hey, man, it's not much of a closet fan. I, I'm a fan. Yeah, so I took two points on the week. Finally, hit an upset pick. First time since week four that I've hit an upset. All right, so after that debacle for myself and uh, also Hunter, we're going to move forward this week and uh, look at week 10. And uh, Eric, since you are, you know, according to you, the master of the picks universe, I'm going to start with you. Give me pick numero uno. Let's get this one out of the way first. Give me Baylor minus seven at TCU. Baylor is six and two against the spread. TCU is two and six against the spread this year. They're they're kind of a mess. They've lost three straight. They just fired their coach. They're in a little bit of upheaval. So uh, yeah, give me Baylor. So minus seven, you said. Uh, yeah, it was six and a half this morning. It was a seven this afternoon. Timmy, give me pick numero uno. All right. Uh, Ohio State and Nebraska. Ohio State is a 15-point favorite. I'm going to lay those points. Nebraska sucks. They're going to get clapped. I got to admit, you stick to your guns. You said you were going to fade him all year long. Uh, you can't tell me that Ohio State can't cover 15 points against these garbage cans. Get out of here. Well, what's happened this year thus far uh, Nebraska has kept it close with the majority of people, but I, I'm with you. I think they go in there and just destroy them. I mean, I thought yeah, that I about think, Penn State. I don't think Ohio State is a majority of people when it comes to the class of play that Nebraska's faced this year. I don't care who you play. Well, they they played Oklahoma, Michigan, Michigan State. They played all those teams to, to one possession. And I think Ohio State is better than all of them. But, you know, the, Nebraska's played played better teams closer than they should have all year. So I, I think you might be on thin ice here, but you're probably all right. Hmm. Well, yeah, I like that pick. And then with my first pick, boys, I'm going to go ahead and get this just like I always do. Give me a service academy under. Got Army on the road at Air Force. Total is 36 and a half. Give me the under. All right. So that wraps up round one. Eric, round two. Uh, I'm going to lay three points with Michigan State at Purdue. Why you got to take my pick? So the fourth quarter was all I watched of the Michigan-Michigan State game, and that alone was enough for me to think that three points is not nearly enough. Uh, like, could someone State. explain to me why the fuck like the number six team in the country is a two-and-a-half-point favorite? Yeah, it's like I said in the group chat, I think, the line is a little thin. I think Michigan State deserves a little bit more than what they're getting. But, you know, on the flip side of that, we already said Purdue's a scrappy football team, and, you know, they could hang around. I don't know. Cross <sighs> that one off the old list. Timmy, round two. All right. For second pick, I'm going to go with the Miami-Georgia Tech game. Uh, Miami's favored by 10, and I'm going to lay those points. Uh, like we said earlier, Tyler Van Dyke coming in uh, has been a real big spark for Miami. Uh, they've been missing solid quarterback play all year. Uh, and now that they have him, you know, they're a different football team. And I like Miami to cruise in this game against a very, very weak Georgia Tech team. Hmm. Yeah, I like that too. All right, so for round number two for me, boys, I'm going to do it. 
I'm going to keep riding it because it seems to be working for me. Uh, give me the Gophers. Give me the Golden Gophers. They're a 14 and a half point favorite. I've said it many times. The party's over for Illinois. So Minnesota's sitting at six and two. Timmy, you're in deep shit. Once again, they're about to get to seven wins. All they got to do is win one more. After that, I think they cover 14 and a half here and get to seven and two. Come on, Bilma. <laughs> Timmy's Timmy's back on the Bilma bus after after that <laughs> after hopping off week two. <laughs> He's so back on the bus. Yeah, we just rotated the tires and changed the oil. We're ready to get rolling here, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only reason you're on that bus is to prevent yourself from wearing Baltimore Ravens gear later in the year. You ain't fooling a soul. So, Minnesota, minus 14 and a half. Write it down. Take it to the bank. And, Eric, round three. <sighs> I was going to uh, do one foot in, one foot out on the Gus bus and take over 59 for Tulane UCF. But uh, I'm going to go back to the well. And I'm going to take Coastal Carolina minus 19 and a half at Georgia Southern. Picks them every week. Every week. Got to stick with what works, man. Timmy, give me round number three. Uh, for my last pick, I'm going to take the Clemson Louisville game. Uh, the over under is at 46 and a half. I'm going to hammer the under, um, quite frankly, because Clemson's offense is so completely inept that I see no way that they contribute any points to the scoreboard to make this over. Combined with the fact that their defense is still, you know, in the upper tiers of college football against a weak Louisville team, uh, I think this under is an easy call here, man. Yeah, I don't know. That one, I, I, I've sworn off of Clemson. I refuse to bet on them. i the only game I've touched of them like all season, I think, was the NC State. Uh, okay, so for my third pick, since I'm not going to take Alabama because that would be a homer pick, even though I do think they'll cover 29 points against LSU, not going to do that. Um, instead, I'm going to take number 20 in the country, Houston. Give me 7-1 and one Houston to cover 13 points on the road at South Florida. I think they just destroy South Florida. So they're coming off a you know, pretty good win there against SMU they're ranked now got a little clout so maybe they won't you know maybe they won't smell themselves too bad against South Florida so give me Houston to cover 13 on the road yeah that, them winning that game hurts Cincinnati too yeah obviously. down the road crushes them because that, w- that was going to be their second potentially their second ranked win and now they're going to be stuck on one so if uh if Cincinnati ends up getting left out of the final four in the playoff picture you can probably point back to Houston returning a kickoff with 25 seconds left for a touchdown to beat SMU and make them unranked. Just just think about it. I like it. I like it, boys and girls. All right, so time for the upsets. Eric, I swear to God, if you take my upset pick, I'm coming through this microphone. Who's getting upset? So I'm going to go with Wake Forest over North Carolina because I don't think – North Carolina can stop Wake Forest from scoring 50 points. There'll be no questions from me. I represent me in this issue. Please ask me after. I, I, you guys you guys probably haven't watched as much Wake Forest as I have this year. Their their offense is is really unique and a lot of fun and very 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 good. Timmy, what do you think about Wake Forest? Who the fuck knows, man? <laughs> you backing off of your there a trash can take? I, I still think they're a subpar team. Like I said, couple episodes ago i think their record is by virtue of mostly their schedule i mean 
they're probably one of the better teams in the ACC, but we've all established that the ACC blows this year, so that doesn't mean much. Yeah, I would have to agree there. Well, uh, and while we're talking about you, Timmy, who's losing? Um, so I'm going to take the Florida State-NC State game, and I'm going to take Florida State to beat the Wolfpack. Before they lost to Clemson last week, uh, they'd won three in a row, and I like them to get back on that winning formula this week against NC State. <laughs> All-time backdoor cover by Clemson. That that is that is the most absurd. That yeah, oh, and God, those of you who didn't watch it, George or uh, Florida State ran some kind of lateral play that worked to the opposite of perfection, and it was a scoop and score for Clemson, which you know, got them the backdoor cover there with basically no time left for Florida State to do anything. So if you're uh, betting on Florida State there, which uh, I talked to a buddy of mine and told me that uh, something around 76% of the money in Vegas was on Florida State to cover that. So whew, a lot of uh, a lot of broken hearts out there. A lot. Oh, man. I just I couldn't imagine how I handled that. Probably not well. I, I probably wouldn't be proud of it, but boy, that'd be... That's that's the worst beat I think I've ever seen in my life. Am I crazy here? Like, I feel like only the true degenerate gamblers were betting on a team like Florida State to cover against Clemson. Am I wrong there? Am I crazy? No, because Clemson sucks. They do suck, but Florida State is atrocious. Why would you bet on that? Uh, depends. Well, first off, it depends on how you define degenerate. But no, if you're a if you're someone who bets on other than just your favorite team to win. You know, yeah, you're going to look at Clemson and be like, they haven't covered a spread yet this year. You know, are they good enough to get nine and a half points? You know, and Florida State was coming on, like like Timmy said, they're coming off three straight wins. They're really looking like they're starting to figure some stuff out. You know, I, I was close to taking that last week, and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. But, oh, geez, I would have lost my mind. Yeah, it was, uh, like we said, brutal way to lose. Um, And to wrap us up, boys, my upset pick, like I said earlier in the show, I'm guilty of, you know, fading Auburn a little bit. Uh, you know, a lot of people would probably say I'm a big homer because of that. And, you know, okay, after looking at it, guilty as charged. So I'm going to take Auburn to go on the road and upset Texas A&M. And I'm going to tell you boys why. Because Bo Nix, obviously his MO is, you know, plays terrible on the road, this, that, and the other. But we've seen him play good on the road this year at LSU. Made some crazy plays. but um Talked to a good friend of mine who's an Auburn fan, and here's what he has to say about Texas A&M. And I don't disagree with any of it. So says that A&M is being a little bit overhyped because of the final scores their last three games. Said since that guy has torched Alabama in the first half, he's come back down to earth. Against Mizzou, who stinks, he was 13 to 25, buck 48, two TDs and a pick. Against USC, that's South Carolina, who also stinks. He was 12 of 26 for a buck 87, two TDs, and a pick. That's about the norm for the year. He says, I think Auburn plays man, stops the run, makes this kid play the game of his life again like he did against Bama. And finally, A&M rushed for about 290 on the ground in both of the last two games. They won't do that against Auburn. I'm going to take Auburn to win on the road. Am I crazy? I don't think so. No, you're not. That, I don't I don't hate that pick. Like I say, man, Auburn Jesus. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but when that team gets some momentum, man, and they, they just they believe they can play with anybody and they do. 
they just get miracle plays to win and it's just kick six anybody yeah exactly that's the kind of shit i'm talking about that same right, season, example though what was the the prayer at jordan Hare a week before that <laughs> two weeks before that i mean it yeah. just that kind of shit happens it's not going to break my heart if they lose i'll just put that out there right now so this is one of those things as an alabama fan if you bet on auburn and they lose it's like well okay at least auburn lost all right I think that's going to wrap us up for the week. Uh, we'd like to thank our corporate sponsor, DraftKings, and we will be back with you next week uh, for week 11. But between then, like we said, we'll have a mid-season review, so tune in for that. You can find us on all available podcast platforms. Uh, go give us a listen. Leave us a review. Five stars only, please. Helps us get more content out to you guys. Like I said, we'll be back with you for the mid-season review and next week for week 11. See you then. Thank you very much. Have a great day.